This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture. From an American nationalist perspective. On the Mojo 5 radio network. Listen on demand on Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and Spotify. And follow us on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. You can send me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com or a voicemail at 772 245 0750. That number again is 772 245 0750. You can leave a voicemail there related to a current event, and we'll use it on a future broadcast. No collusion, no obstruction. After uh, two and a half years of the Mueller investigation and uh, at least six months of smears against the President of the United States before that, we have uh, officially come to the conclusion that uh, most sane people that are not suffering from Trump derangement syndrome arrived at at a, a long time ago, and that is that the president didn't collude with Russia. He didn't obstruct the investigation that was based on this phony charge, this hoax of collusion. He spoke out forcefully against it. He called it out for what it is. But now, finally, uh, Mueller and his angry band of 13 rabid partisan Democrats have delivered their report confirming what we knew all along. It's a 400-page report, and it's going to be chock full of smears and innuendo against the president. The Mueller team has shown that that is their M.O. um, in the people that they did charge with crimes unrelated to collusion or obstruction. They always, in the indictment, laid out page after page um, trying to smear and uh, impugn people's uh, motives. But when it came down to the actual indictment that they would have to prove in court, there were no charges of anybody in any of these indictments of Americans that they engaged in collusion or obstruction. So not a single person was charged, and there's a reason for that. They can make these smears and this innuendo all they want, but if you have to go into court and prove it, now that's quite another thing. And when the uh, verdict comes out that uh, there was no evidence of this, then it would have debunked it. And so the last thing they wanted to do was go into court and try to prove any of this hoax. But like I say, in these 400 pages, these... Rabid Democrats and uh, run by Robert Mueller, who was just, you know, appointed, in other words, in, in order to 
run interference and obstruct any investigation into the wrongdoing of the Obama administration and spying on the uh, political campaign of the opposing party. Well, that has come to an end, and now I would argue that it's time to open Chapter 2 and get to the bottom of exactly um, the the illegality that the Obama administration, and I believe it goes all the way into the White House, engaged in here using our nation's intelligence and law enforcement agencies to spy on their political enemies. So I've got some clips I'm going to start you out with here. And this is uh, Bob Barr held his news conference announcing all this this morning at about 930 And uh, his first conclusion was no collusion. As you know, one of the primary purposes of the special counsel's investigation was to determine whether President Trump's campaign or any individual associated with it conspired or coordinated with the Russian government to interfere in the 2016 election. Volume one of the special counsel's report describes the results of that investigation. As you will see, the special counsel's report states that his, quote, investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. I am sure that all Americans share my concern about the efforts of the Russian government to interfere in our presidential election. As the special counsel report makes clear, The Russian government sought to interfere in our election process. But thanks to the special counsel's thorough investigation, we now know that the Russian operatives who perpetrated these schemes did not have the cooperation. Actually, what we we know that uh, Trump or no member of his orbit or any other American, for that matter, participated in any, any attempt to interfere in our elections by the Russians. But I would push back a little bit against uh, Bill Barr and what he said there. There's actually not been established proof that the Russians interfered in the political campaign in any meaningful way. Yes, there were troll farms in St. Petersburg, Russia, that were putting out uh, social media posts critical of Hillary Clinton, also critical of Donald Trump. And they're pointing to that as uh, part of the interference effort. But the big one that they're hanging their hat on is this notion that the Russians hacked the Democrat National Committee and John Podesta's email. That has not been established. And it won't be established because he was very careful only to to indict people for these actions that cannot be extradited from Russia and will never go inside a courtroom. As a matter of fact, one group, uh, he made the mistake of indicting a corporation. Well, that corporation, that Russian corporation, sent representatives into court to challenge Mueller's indictment and immediately the Mueller team threw up a bunch of squid ink and refused to allow the case to move forward because they can't prove it. So Bob Barr goes on and he talks about the obstruction aspect of it. Now that the collusion notion has been thoroughly debunked and dismissed, the Democrats are trying to hang their hat on, well, the president interfered with the investigation. First of all, you can't interfere uh, with, uh, uh, you can't obstruct an investigation of a crime that never happened. They can charge you with interfering in an investigation, but you can't charge obstruction 
of a uh, legal proceeding that has never began. Just declaring your innocence and, and objecting to the investigation while it's ongoing, that's not obstruction. But here's, uh, here's Bill Barr commenting on the obstruction charge. Prosecutors were scrutinizing his conduct before and after taking office and the conduct of some of his associates. At the same time, there was relentless speculation in the news media about the president's personal culpability. Yet, as he said from the beginning, there was, in fact, no collusion. And as the special counsel's report acknowledges, there is substantial evidence to show that the president was frustrated and angered by his sincere belief that the investigation was undermining his presidency, propelled by his political opponents and fueled by illegal leaks. Nonetheless, the White House fully cooperated with the special counsel's investigation, providing unfettered access to campaign and White House documents, directing senior aides to testify freely and asserting no privilege claims. And at the same time, the president took no act that in fact deprived the special counsel of the documents and witnesses necessary to complete his investigation. Apart from whether the acts were obstructed. So what you'll hear from the rest of the day from the Democrats is, well, they were unable to prove uh, collusion or coordination or conspiracy with Russians. And just because you don't have the proof doesn't mean it didn't happen. But but we know that he obstructed the investigation by firing James Comey. Well, James Comey needed to be fired. Everybody in Washington agreed with it at the time. And just because he fired James Comey doesn't mean that the investigation came to an end. Anything but it caused the appointment of a special counsel, and the president was absolutely cooperative with that special counsel. The only thing he refused to do was sit down with an interview because he saw how the special counsel would twist people's words in order to try to charge them with lying to an FBI agent. He's not required to sit down uh, to an interview. He answered each and every one of Mueller's inquiries in writing, which he is uh, perfectly entitled to do. So I believe, and this is somewhat contrary to the media narrative that you'll hear all day, that Bill Barr was brought in in an attempt to admit the obvious that Trump didn't engage in collusion or obstruction, while at the same time uh, giving uh, cover to the deep state by uh, claiming that this effort to undermine the elections in fact went on so that the deep state can say, well, we were just investigating Russia, we weren't investigating Trump. He's, he's basically there to restore faith in our government by um, exonerating both sides. Now, I believe that the Obama administration did engage in illegal, unlawful spying on the opposing party's political campaign. And if you have any doubt about that, you need only observe that while this was going on, despite the fact that the Trump campaign had two former associate uh, attorneys, federal attorneys working for the campaign and Rudy Giuliani and Chris Christie, the Obama campaign never told the Trump campaign that uh, they might be uh, being attempted to uh, be influenced by the Russians. So what Bill Barr is there for, I think, 
is to put the Russia uh, collusion hoax behind us while at the same time giving some cover to the Obama administration and the C- and his CIA and FBI and National Security Agency for engaging in this unlawful effort against the Trump campaign. We know there was spying. There was extensive spying. We don't know to the extent that spying was uh, going on. I've got my own theories. I believe this all began back in December 2015 when former, well, not former, but uh, longtime CIA and FBI operative Felix Sater began dangling the prospect of a Trump Tower in Moscow before Michael Cohen, if only Michael Cohen could convince then-candidate Trump to to communicate with Vladimir Putin. I'm getting a little bit off topic, but these uh, the, the this scandal is so sprawling, this hoax so deep that at each and every step you have to you have to take a side road to 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 illustrate just exactly what went on here. So I've got a clip here. This is the president speaking just about an hour after Bill Barr's press conference. And uh, he, he was addressing a group of wounded warriors. I would have said that he probably should have uh, not brought up this topic, but he did take a one minute, actually just a 48 second sidebar during this uh, ceremony honoring our wounded warriors to acknowledge uh, what everybody was waiting to hear. And that is uh, no collusion and no obstruction. And they're having a good day. I'm having a good day, too. It was called No Collusion, No Obstruction. I'm having a good day. There never was, by the way, and there never will be. And we do have to get to the bottom of these things, I will say. And uh, uh, this should never happen. I say this in front of my friends. Wounded warriors, and I just call them warriors because we just shook hands and they look great. They look so good and so beautiful. But I say it in front of my friends, this should never happen to another president again. This hoax, this should never happen to another president again. So the Democrats, obviously the president, uh, you know, is, is relishing this, the end of this chapter. And he uh, foretold there in his statements uh the beginning of the next chapter and that is looking into how this all happened and so people are going to have to be held accountable brennan most especially comey and clapper they did the dirty work for the uh, obama administration and you know the obama administration was knee deep into this because susan rice and obama's u.n ambassador used the unmasking of numerous trump campaign officials to try to and leak the, that to the press to try to delegitimize the incoming administration, and of course you had Sally Yates, who targeted Michael Flynn, and used the uh, Obama Justice Department to uh, begin an investigation of him for just doing his job, talking to the uh, his uh, his counterpart, the Russian ambassador to the United States, charged him with violations of um of that act that uh uh prevents private citizens from conducting foreign policy 
Never mind the fact that uh, this is exactly what incoming administrations have done time in memoriam is to establish relations with their counterparts. But um, the Democrats, they're going to, you know, they're going to uh, continue to beat, beat this drum on obstruction. And most importantly, they're going to continue to forward this myth that the Russians interfered in any significant way in Trump's election in order to try to delegitimize his presidency. And you'll hear it over and over that the Russians interfered in the elections. That has not been established. It has not been proven. As a matter of fact, the greater weight of evidence is the fact is uh, ways that the Russians did not hack the DNC servers, did not hack John Podesta's emails. Uh, the veter- Veteran Intelligence Professionals for Sanity, a group held uh, headed by William Benny, have repeatedly pointed out that the hack of the the so-called hack of the DNC servers, their emails, could not have been external. It had to be an internal leak. There's the 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 information was downloaded at such a speed that it could not have gone over the internet. It must have been copied internally onto a thumb drive. And you'll note that uh, although Julian Assange was recently arrested and the United States put in a, uh, a request for his extradition, that, extra, uh, that uh, indictment for the extradition does not charge Assange with uh, coordinating with the Russians to publish these emails because they don't want to have to go into court and prove that. They like the narrative right where it is now. The Russians hacked the DNC and John Podesta. They don't want to have to prove that in court because they'd have to uh, answer Bill Benny's expert testimony that this could not have been a hack. And you'll notice in these 400 pages that come out that that uh, Robert Mueller never looked into the murder of Seth Rich. Seth Rich, of course, being a prime candidate for the person who who um, copied and leaked these emails. And then they fall back on this, uh, this myth that they've created of social media interference. Yes, there was a troll farm in St. Petersburg, Russia, that was sending out um, derogatory tweets and Facebook posts against Hillary Clinton. Well, guess what? They were also sending out derogatory tweets and Facebook posts against Donald Trump. And the whole effort, the ads purchased on Facebook and Twitter, amounted to less than $10,000. That's on both sides of the issue. This whole notion that they were able to uh, sway the election one way or the other with these social media posts is pure BS. And oh, by the way, The United States and Russia have been interfering in each other's elections for going on 100 years now. We interfered in the uh, last election of Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin, uh, I mean, uh, Hillary Clinton at State Department was deeply interfering in Russia's election. And oh, by the way, our CIA prompted a coup right in Russia's backyard of the pro-Russian Ukrainian government 
that led to Russia's reannexation of the Crimea. It's not allowed to talk about that. This, you know, interference in each other's elections is something you can call out during any campaign cycle. We do it. They do it. Other nations do it. It's just part of this whole skullduggery that the uh, intelligence communities carry on. But we're left now knowing that collusion and obstruction didn't happen, but we also know that Obama coordinated with the Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee, used foreign sources for this dossier, coordinated uh, with foreign governments in order to spy on the Trump campaign, those foreign governments being MI6 and the United Kingdom, Downer, the Australian diplomat to the United Kingdom, the Ukraine that uh, Clinton's campaign was working closely with to gin up this smears and disinformation against Donald Trump. And we know that James Clapper, I'm sorry, uh, uh, John Brennan, ran foreign spies at the Trump campaign, including Joseph Mifsud, Stephen Halper, and I believe Felix Sater, probably Hank Greenberg as well, who approached Michael uh, Caputo and Roger Stone offering to sell dirt uh, from Russia to the Trump campaign in which Roger Stone replied they're, they're not in the market for it. And we know that members of Obama's administration, including members uh, uh, Clapper, Brennan, and Comey, leaked to the press. They leaked classified information to the media in order to undermine the Trump, uh, the incoming Trump administration. So that's going to be chapter two. We've got to get to the bottom of all that. And Bill Barr is, if nothing else, disrupting the whole Democrat and the Democrats' media uh, industrial complex. He's disrupting their whole narrative, and they want desperately for Bill Barr to just shut up and sit down. We've had a good thing going. We've had Jeff Sessions sitting on the sidelines. We've had Rod Rosenstein supporting this uh, effort at covering up the wrongdoing of the deep state. And we've had a wholly compliant media that is willing to lie to its audience in order to try to get back at uh, the president who has rightly identified them as enemies of the American people. They've gotten away with this hoax for the last three years. They want to continue to get away with it. They want Bill Barr to sit down and shut up and stop exposing them. And I was watching the coverage of this on TV and Fox News. Fox News sort of is a throwback to the old days when network reporting tried to be somewhat objective. They are bending over backwards to try to live live up to their moniker fair and balanced. But at the same time, if you flip over to CNN or MSNBC, they've got panels of 8, 10, 12 people on there. Not a single one of them objective. Every single one of them a 
a rabid partisan spinning the the most fantastic lies that you've ever heard in your life. And the special coverage from the networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC, have, have all been in pursuit of this propaganda. The only place that you can actually find objective news coverage is the one outlet, Fox News, that the rest of them want thrown off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat Party has become a cancer on America. It is the party of hoaxes. One hoax, one dishonest narrative after another used to deceive the voters so that they can hold on, seize power, and hold on to it. And what this whole Russia collusion hoax has showed is that they are perfectly willing, they will not hesitate to destroy public confidence in our government and our our uh, law enforcement and intelligence agencies if it serves their interests. we got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Michael J. Daugherty to talk about this anti-vax movement and the terrible effect it's having on public health in New York and out in California right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. We've recently seen a resurgence of diseases that were all but eliminated in developed nations partially owing to mass third-world immigration, but also due to the rise of a movement of parents that refuse to vaccinate their children. They believe that vaccines cause stunted mental development and even autism, and some believe that there's a conspiracy by Big Pharma to poison their children. Because of this recently in New York City and its suburbs, there's been a measles outbreak causing a public health emergency and quarantines. And it's been discovered that some communities are actually purposely allowing their kids to get infected at so-called anti-vax parties in order to inoculate them from the disease. Joining us now to discuss this is Michael J. Doherty. He's CEO, former CEO of LabMD and founder of the Cyber Education Foundation. He's authored a book called The Devil Inside the Beltway, The Shocking Expose 
of the U.S. government's surveillance, overreach, into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. You can find the book on Walmart or at Amazon. Mike, thanks for joining us. Good to be here, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. So I, I have to admit, I've been so distracted by uh, the Mueller report uh, that I haven't paid much attention to this uh, story out of New York City and this discovery of these anti-vax parties. So, Mike, fill us in on this so-called anti-vax movement. Uh, give us an idea of the scale of this uh, this thing and uh, what is driving these parents to deny their kids vaccinations. Well, I think we have um, this all sort of um, springs off the same hub of people that think that that uh, when they go to the Google School of Medicine, uh, that that their opinion is a fact. And we are so soft and insulated from reality. We have, these generations of late have never, you have no recollection of tuberculosis hospitals, of forced government isolation of community diseases, of public health outbreaks. Um, heck, most of them don't even remember the AIDS epidemic of the 80s. They certainly don't remember iron lungs. So, they they have no reality that they're based into. <clears throat> they can fill their head up with junk uh, because we also don't educate people about history. I, I think uh, school, the education system the last 20 years has stripped out sanitized, <clears throat> made politically correct um, reality. And so you've got a really subgroup of people that just live in an echo chamber and groupthink and listen to things like, you know, Jenny McCarthy's opinion that, that, uh, you know, that, that autism because it's spreading is, is in, in direct correlation with vaccinations because everyone gets vaccinated. I mean, it's just, it's crazy stuff. And, and we've, we've detached. So, uh, we listen to politicians and pundits about science, and you reap those seeds, and and this is what you, you know, sow. You sow. I mean, you sow those seeds, and this is what you reap. So, um, it's pretty outrageous, and and these people are really dangerous because this is their worldview, and if they change their opinion, everything collapses. So they don't change their opinion; they do even crazier things. Well, you, Mike, you know, yeah, Mike, you uh, you said back there, Jenny McCarthy. I just happen to have a clip here of her uh, on the the show, the doctors debating a pediatrician about this very issue. And uh, you know, I remember doing rounds with my dad, and almost almost every day he'd need to go to the hospital and, and take care of a child that had some sort of vaccine preventable illness. And you know, with the increase of vaccines, we've seen a huge decline in some of the really nasty things that I don't, that I'm so glad I don't have to deal with. You know, epiglottitis, meningitis, you know, a lot of pneumonias, you know, kids just aren't dying of that sort of stuff anymore. And, and, and as a pediatrician, that's the last thing I want to see is for people to stop vaccinating because we'll, we'll start seeing kids die of polio Okay, again. let me tell you this. We do not need that many vaccines that we need. The chicken pox, I think, can be a parent's choice. The rotavirus, the flu shot that still contains mercury. So the former Playboy money, uh, Bunny is now schooling us on public health uh, um, decisions. And, uh, you know, a lot of people look to these uh, entertainers and these influencers uh, to make up their mind. Um, I, I know that uh, out in California, this is a real issue in and around Hollywood because it's become so fashionable to believe in, uh, you know, in, in, denying your children's that this public uh, 
this uh, important, you know, uh, health measure? Well, they cross a line. <clears throat> you know, you have every right to be stupid. You have a right to listen to someone. You don't have a right to be so stupid that your stupidity infects others, compromises your children. Uh, what we have not, also don't have is accountability and responsibility. Who in their right mind, what has happened in this culture where a TV show is going to put someone like Jenny McCarthy on that calls themselves the doctors to let her debate it? The woman is an idiot. Now, well, Even I don't know if she's, she's an idiot. She's, she's certainly a she's very, a very attractive idiot, but uh, she <laughs> she isn't somebody that you would necessarily want to look to for guidance on public health issues. Well, I absolutely don't. I, I I'll double down on this because anyone. I mean, she's okay. Arrogance. I mean, she, to get on a show and, and be actually quote unquote care so much, but to not you know have gone through a medical career. Right. It, it, it's kind of scary. But what's scarier? is that a TV show would put her on. What's scarier is that people would listen to it. That's scarier. And this is what's undermining, and, and this is disease, see? And, and that's why I say we have such a soft public right now. We are sitting ducks because Mother Nature is not nice, and death is bad, and those children that you have are innocent, and they depend on you, and you're doing a lousy job. And if you have the arrogance that you're going to let your kid not go vaccinate, not be vaccinated for something, and then they get sick, and they contaminate others, you should be held responsible. Until Obama changed it around, if you had HIV and you intentionally infected someone else, that was a crime. There were several this states is, that passed laws uh, decriminalizing even purposeful HIV infection uh, and and that's, that's just right. stunning. Uh, you know, I know that there's a large movement around uh, HIV and and LGBTQ rights, but uh, that's you know putting public health at, at a back seat. Well, actually, well, just people's is, public this is safety. What happens is this is this is politicians, right? This is what whenever we put science and technology in the hands of a politician, they are going to exploit it for their own gain. So they are going to exploit public health for the votes of the community they're trying to take care of. Now, why the gay community would want to be a, to have people be able to infect each other without accountability is, is odd to me. You might think that and they would be the, the most way, sensitive to that danger. Right. And by the way, they used to fight that it wasn't a gay disease. That was just the stigma that was given to it. So it, it, it's, but, but the bigger picture is, look, you have to almost think like a criminal to understand a politician. They are going to exploit you, and they don't care about the consequence. They will exploit you through disease. They'll exploit you through immigration. They'll exploit, it doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever they can do to get a vote. So they'll let unhealthy immigrants. They have changed, tried to change illegal immigration into immigration. So if you're against illegal immigration, which is, not checking on disease, not processing these people, not, you know, not like Ellis Island where, you know, they bang you with powder and, <laughs> and not let you in, you know, you know that, that those days are considered cruel and inhumane. And this is a terrifying part because the other side of it is then that incubated Petri dish of disease goes and spreads it through a community. And now you're seeing it right now with measles. Well, you're seeing it in the measles in New York, which is a, you know, a major destination for illegal immigration. But you're also seeing diseases out in Los Angeles, uh, you know, that uh, were all but eradicated in the United States, uh, like tuberculosis and 
Chonga, or am I pronouncing that properly? Uh, um, but, you know, third world diseases from developing countries that uh, just were unheard of, they're now epidemic. And, and there's a cholera outbreak because public health is so badly broken down in San Francisco. Well, and then, they, they, you know, the irony is that they don't – look, these people live in an echo chamber, and, and it's a land of theater. I mean, California especially is detached from reality. They do not, they do not embrace consequence. They do not embrace cause and effect. They are not responsible when they, when they fail and then have to adapt. They don't. They double down. So, and there's no line. This is the most terrifying part about this mentality is they don't learn from failure when it's right in their face. So San Francisco has defecation all over the streets. And now, you know, software apps say where the human species are. And everyone's quietly embarrassed about it because they don't want to change their worldview. And when they clean that up, they just end up washing it into the storm drains, which just sends it down the river and spreads it uh, even further. You know, back there, we uh, we sort of beat up on Jenny McCartney and the entertainment industry. I want to play another clip. This one is actually from the uh, television series House, talking about this anti-vax movement from the other side of the issue. Her whole face just got swollen like this overnight. Mm-hmm. No fever. Glands normal. Missing her vaccination dates. We're not vaccinating. Think they don't work? I think some multinational pharmaceutical company wants me to think they work. Pad their bottom line. Mm. You know another really good business? Teeny tiny baby coffins. You can get them in frog green, fire engine red. Really. The antibodies in Yummy Mummy only protect the kid for six months, which is why these companies think they can gouge you. They think that you'll spend whatever they ask to keep your kid alive. Want to change things? Prove them wrong. A few hundred parents like you decide they'd rather let their kid die than cough up 40 bucks for a vaccination. Believe me, prices will drop really fast. I just wanted to give Hollywood the benefit of the doubt and uh, show that, uh, you know, there has been arguments on the other side of this issue, but... uh you're absolutely right. They're totally detached from reality out in California. I think um, the new incoming governor, Gavin Newsom, has uh, has advertised to the world that they're going to offer uh, free health care for all, including illegal immigration. And now he's down in uh, El Salvador um, advertising the fact. So you can imagine what the natural consequence of that will be. And, and, and it sounds really good to the uneducated that have never been in medicine. And it sounds really good because most of the people don't in this country don't really understand the, the medical process or the medical industry, really. Because because you're a patient doesn't mean you understand it. Just mean just like if you fly on Delta, that doesn't mean you're an aviation expert that can fly the plane. And what happens is you don't really embrace it or understand or experience it until you have a really bad chronic disease, not the flu or not the chicken pox or not a cold. And so it's the perfect population to, to scare and fool because they never get any real consumer experience until they've got one foot in the grave. And then the educated consumer is soon the dead consumer because they're at the end of their life. And so politicians can come in and scare you and make you think that free health care is wonderful. Here's what happens. You lose physicians. Medicine gets less uh, desirable to go in. Uh, it becomes price-driven. When you get cancer, for example, you have to wait in a much longer line to have your tissue read for cancer. And, and it's going to be by someone that doesn't have nearly as much experience. 
there's no such thing as a free lunch that is included in medicine. And the irony is they think this is all going to help the poor and the downtrodden, and it does not. It brings everyone worse off, including the poor and the downtrodden. I tend to to subscribe to your previous theory uh, more cynically that they will do anything, you know, to get elected. I don't know if they really believe this. It's hard to believe anybody could be that stupid. In California and Texas and other border uh, states, Arizona as well, there have been literally hundreds of hospitals go out of business providing, um, you know, health care and emergency rooms to illegal aliens. Now, those were institutions that were built up by local communities over decades. People dedicated their lives to these nonprofit hospitals, and they simply could not uh, withstand the, the wave of uh, mass immigration, illegal immigration. Well, and uh, and we've lost that. It's more than that. When you put as much financial strain on the system, which is what Obamacare has done, so that prices have gone up, and that means everything contracts and centralizes, so you get volume discounts. Where do you? Who do you think loses? Who loses? Who is who doesn't have volume? Who doesn't have volume? Rural hospitals. And if physicians use technology, technology to survive and, and, and put a lot of testing into their own offices, hospitals are losing it from all over the place. And the media, who is as dumber than the politicians, uh, reports this great-sounding thing. And, you know, these people care so much they want to embrace this, but they don't care so much to really educate themselves. And then as soon as they're found out they're wrong, the, the air goes out of the room and they don't report the story. But everyone in America knows what's happening with their premiums and their network. And that does not mean your, your services improve if you get sick because your prices are higher. Quite the contrary. And so uh, it's, it's, it's very, very terrifying. But, again, the scarier thing to me is the number of people that don't get it. They're still actually doing things like thinking Medicare for all is great. Who wants that crap? You know, you don't know how – you think you're going to get a wonderful serving of food, like free food from the government is filet mignon and lobster? No. You know, you're going to get junk, and you're going to be back in line, and you're going to be a number, and you're a fool. Well, I think people are grasping at this because uh, the Affordable Care Act actually created more problems than it solved, and I think that that was done by design. Mike, while I've got you, um, I know you're an expert in the field of uh, cybersecurity, and you founded – a um, an organization called the Cyber Education Foundation, based on the, your experience uh, with the deep state in Washington D.C. We've got the Mueller com- report coming out uh, tomorrow, and you know they they say that this is uh, about RussiaGate. I tend to think more, uh, you know, that this is going to be Chapter One in Spygate. Tell the listeners uh, your experience on dealing with uh, government uh, sponsored surveillance. Well, okay, uh, that's a big one. Uh, the, the, what we, we don't understand that Republican versus Democrat is an illusion and that Washington is really full of bureaucrats that are unelected that are running the show. And bureaucrat is greater than Democrat plus Republican times about 20 at least. That's the deep state. And, that's the deep state. And, and, and people in Congress, by and large, on both sides of the aisle, really like the agencies because the agencies get to be the bad guys so that when you go and complain to your congressman, you can't hold them accountable. 
it's a lot easier for them to not be directly responsible because then they can't be directly held accountable for your vote. So everyone in there, both sides, loves this. But it's been morphing and growing for a century. And now that the two biggest issues in front of the country are technology and the Internet and medicine, these are the two precise things that the bureaucracy and the deep state is terrible at because a computer and a disease, those two things don't care who you are, as Hillary Clinton has learned the hard way. So what has the deep state done? They have done everything they can to protect their power, and they've sacrificed everyone in their wake that would usurp their power. So they have continually lied, and the media is part of this, because the media is politically aligned and or, uh, uh, you know, basically connected for story so they can turn a profit. So you have this entire, all these tentacles of power that will be threatened if the American public figures out that it's all a big ruse. And I don't mean a conspiracy theory ruse. I mean it's just set up that these people are not accountable to the American public and people don't understand it because there's not a civics book that's ever taught it. And this really started 100 years ago. So this, the Internet was a huge surprise to these people. And, uh, and, and I actually think, I actually am out here in Idaho right now speaking, and I'm here with someone that used to be at the NSA. I'm actually with Snowden's boss, believe it or not, or his former boss, the guy that hired Snowden. And, you know, most people in the Justice Department, in the agencies, in the NSA, are honorable people. But the power bongers and the and the power climbers and the social people. The, the appointed the, the political, political hacks at the right, top of these Those agencies. are the ones, that's right, they're the ones that just throw the entire country under the bus for their own survival. And they're the ones that hate the Internet because the Internet means transparency and accountability. It means a whole lot of junk also. Well, it's a big major cable TV channel of 500 channels where 480 are junk, right? But you still have to have that junk to be responsible. It's better than just giving it all the state because the state's just going to feed you whatever it's going to want to feed you for you to be compliant and just stay out of their way. Well, and it's, this it's, is why now they they want control of it because Hillary learned the hard way. For example, what happens? And Mueller, I mean, <laughs> all those guys, it's you know exposing what they did in the Hillary Hillary thing, and they're 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 throwing out a massive red herring and screaming as loud as they can about it until we all roll over and acquiesce. Well, you know, it's become really clear to anybody who's willing to admit reality to themselves that the Obama administration used the nation's uh, deep state, the intelligence and security agencies in particular to spy on the opposing party's presidential campaign. And in fact, during that effort, they actually shared uh, highly classified information with private contractors in order to punish their political enemies. And I know you've got some experience um, with uh, um, government agencies sanctioning uh, private contractors uh, in order to, uh, to target your business uh, and in fact ran you out of business. Right, so I, I had the FBI. The FBI was working in Pittsburgh, and they they got a contractor, uh, and they didn't vet the contractor, and they used a lot of that data to go after people. And then the Federal Trade Commission grabbed that data and came up after me. And had I not stood up to them, I w- it, it, which took eight years to do, when I discovered that the whole thing was bogus. And what happens with the agencies when they screw up through incompetence is they cover up with corruption. 
Because the other thing this deep state has done over a century is the congressmen and the judges, the judiciary and the executive branch, mostly the legislative branch and the judicial branch, have given all these people immunity. When you give a culture lawlessness, what do you think you get? You don't get church. So you've got all these bureaucrats that have some degree of immunity from what they do. They all delude themselves that they're doing it for the betterment of, 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 of the government they, and the country. And, so, and they divide and conquer. And if it's, the tree falls down on you, it's a big problem. Uh, and so you really have to wise up and understand that they don't have accountability. This is the stories that, that, that these are the stories that they don't want to get out. That you have when the agencies come at you, you have very little rights, and you and no one's really going to listen to you, and you're not going to have the resources to go up against them, and you'll be crushed within the machine. If and they can go after person. the president of the United States, imagine what they can use their awesome powers to do against a private citizen. You know. Um, one of the thing, last acts that the Obama administration did uh, after spying on the Trump campaign before they left office, they spread all that information throughout all of the 17 other alphabet soup intelligence agencies in Washington, D.C., so that there would be more opportunities for leaks. And like I say, if, if they'll do that against an incoming president, you can imagine what they'll do in order to crush a private citizen. Well, it doesn't matter because private citizens are nothing to them. You are an it, a thing, a number, nothing. I mean, you're just another face in the crowd, and they don't even bat an eye. And that's shocking to people that are told that, you know, Abe couldn't tell a lie and, and Washington, you know, chopped down the church. <laughs> you know, what we're taught is just such a fairy tale. You know, and because our civics books are nothing. And this is why people are so um, stunned and, and confused. And it's hard to believe. You don't want to believe it. Uh, you really don't. And I, I completely understand that. And the government has taken over education. And so they have sanitized, uh, you know, our, 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 our history by removing it. They've made it politically correct. And now you've got these spoiled millennials that want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because the found, some of the founding fathers owned slaves. And then they take what they like about it and act like they invented it and create Broadway shows over it. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's, it's scary. It is enough to uh, drive, you know, somebody that was educated in the history and culture of this country and civics and you see what's going on, and, and people who are in positions to actually run for president of the United States spouting utter um, lunacy from the campaign trail and being fawned over by the leftist media, and it leaves you scratching your head and wondering what's happened to this country. Well, exactly. And, uh, and yet, at the same time, it's important to say this and clarify and explain it but also remember, Donald Trump did win. And I have to tell you, when Romney lost, I, like many people, went through about three months of just being dumbfounded and numb because I thought, holy cow, I didn't think there were that many gullible people in this country or that many people that really feel so 
disenfranchised that they just want a handout and they've given up on life, or so naive that this ma- they think that this man who's half white is going to actually be their savior. I can't believe how many stupid people are out there. It's scary. And so, you know, and so, and then you couldn't say a word about him or here came the racist. The guy is a brilliant criminal mind and politician. Brilliant. Well, Michael, and so you have to know. After your, um, after the federal government uh, targeted your business and basically destroyed it and you wrote a book, you uh, founded a nonprofit called the Cyber Security, or I'm sorry, the Cyber Education Foundation. Tell the listeners right. what you do there and how they can support your efforts. Well, this is actually a, a really, it's, a, it's really a corporate education. So there's not a lot they can do unless they want to attend some of the sh- workshops we're doing later in the year. We're going to be in Milwaukee, Detroit, Honolulu, Denver, and, uh, and Kansas City and Philadelphia. But what we do is uh, it, it, we, we teach teams of people that cybersecurity in our organization is a cultural thing. It is not assign it to the IT department, and if there's a failure, fire them. That's exactly what's not going to happen. If you've got a computer, you are part of the solution and the potential problem. So we teach everyone to how to understand how each everybody thinks differently in the organization, how mistakes happen, uh, and we drive them through workshop breaches so they have some practice so they're not so freaked out. It's like... Uh, and we always had fire drills in school so that if there's a fire, we knew what to do because if there's a fire and you have a fire drill, it'd be pandemonium. It's kind of the same thing. So that's what I do because, honestly, if I, if I speak about the government too bluntly, people get really scared <laughs> and they don't want to show up. So we do more cyber education, uh, nonprofit stuff, and uh, in more educational events. And if you speak about the government too bluntly, they'll shadow ban you on Twitter and Facebook and all the other um – um, yeah, pl- social media platforms on the internet, right? Because those people are, are wealthier than most, you know, countries, and they uh, they've got a lot of power, and they snuggle up to the government. Well, They're and they've got huge point. contracts. You know, Amazon is uh, the largest provider of cloud storage on the internet, and uh, and they're in possession of uh, of all of these. Uh, these government secrets, I know that they're supposed to be encrypted, but if you think that Amazon can't get at it, you're mistaken. And uh, and the NSA, you mentioned Snowden back there in the interview, the NSA is yes. collecting all of our information all the time. Yes, and at some point you have to have trust in your government, and we trust the government and we have accountability in the government. What we're seeing now is no accountability for those people. And so the trust in the government's going down, and that is a big problem. When someone like Hillary does something that wrong, they need to be in jail because the faceless people that do something wrong go to jail for far less. Michael Doherty is the former CEO of LabMD. He's the author of a new book called The Devil Inside the Beltway, the shocking expose of the U.S. government's surveillance and overreach into cybersecurity, medicine, and small business. You can get the book on Amazon or Walmart. Mike, thanks for joining us. Hold on the line, and uh, we'll have you back sometime on right now on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID nineteen testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive-through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over twenty million COVID nineteen tests processed. 
you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.